Good evening. Thank you so much for joining us tonight for our time of ministry in the Word of God and our Bible study. I trust God that you are doing well and um, you are enjoying the goodness of the Lord in this season. Uh, God is amazing and He's good and we're ever thankful to Him for all of His goodness and all of His mercies and His graces over our lives. Hallelujah. Tonight we are going to um, get into studying together um, the, the last message in the series that we've been doing um, since the beginning of the year that we have titled First Things First. First things first. What are the um, what are the things, the most important things to pay attention to at the beginning of every new season, at the beginning of every new dispensation, new year, new beginnings in our lives. And those are the things that we have been studying with the help of the Holy Spirit. I thank you so much for being with us uh, these past several weeks, and especially tonight. Thank you for being with us. Um, I recognize that um, you might be joining us on one of our multiple platforms, and I know that you could be joining us from within the United States or outside of the United States. I really want to thank God because there is no distance whatsoever in the Spirit. The presence of God is right here with us, and that same presence of God is right there with you wherever you are tonight. So, um, I'm very excited to get around the Word. Um, so let's um, bow our heads and share a word of prayer together and dive right into what the Lord has for us tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your faithfulness and your loving kindness. Thank you for your goodness and your mercies. Thank you, Lord, for every work that you are doing in our lives. Precious Holy Spirit, Thank you for always being with us. We yield to you again tonight. We open up our hearts and we're ready to receive whatever you have for us. Lord, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice, all of our brothers and sisters and everyone, Lord, whatever platform they might be joining us on and wherever they are in the world. Father, open our eyes, all of us together. And help us receive illumination and revelation out of the word of God. That which you have prepared for us. The fresh manna that is available to us in your presence. Father, help us to be able to receive it. To be able to uh, accept it. To be able to meditate it. And to be able to walk in the reality of it. I pray God that you think through my mind. And you speak through my vocal cords. All of you Lord and, and none of me. Have your way tonight, Father, and as I minister your word, as you use my vessel, help me, God, not to be exempt from the blessings that you pour out over your people. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you so very much again for joining us tonight. And um, in our Bible study tonight, we are studying together briefly. It won't be 
um, too long, although I have a number of um, thoughts that I'd like to leave with you. And I have quite just a handful of scriptures that I would like us to read together. Um, this all-important subject, this is not the last time we will be studying this together in this year, 2024. Actually, the prophetic theme that the Lord gave to us this year is 2024, my year of God-class exploits and the year of the fourth man. And one of the, one of the most um, significant things that runs through our theme this year, actually one of those paragraphs, I'll read it later on, uh, during my teaching, um, is part of what we will be studying tonight. And so, though we would study this tonight by itself, um, I expect that later on in the year, in just a few weeks or so from now, as the Holy Spirit grants us grace, we're going to get right back to studying this in, uh, in greater detail and flesh it out. This is really one of the most consequential areas um, of study um, for believers in the New Testament. First things first, and tonight we're studying take authority. Take authority. Can you say those two words with me? Take authority. Let's say it strong and firm. Take authority. Hallelujah. That's what we're studying tonight. Take authority. Glory to God. Genesis chapter 1, let's start from there, from the very beginning. From the very, very beginning, the creation. Genesis chapter 1 and verses 26 to 28. I'm going to have us read this from the King James first. And then I'm going to go and read that also from the um, Amplified Version of the Bible. Take authority is what we are studying together. Take authority. There's so many things that are happening in the spiritual realm. And I just want you to know we are never helpless. I know sometimes when things happen in our lives, we sometimes feel like, ah, I wish I could do something about this. Well, I want you to know tonight you can do something about everything going on in your life and everything going on around your life. You can do something about it. And one of the most important things we must learn to do continually about the things going on in our lives and around our lives is take authority. Take authority. Don't just fold your hands and hope that somebody else will do it for you. Take authority. Don't pray and ask God, God, please do this, do this. No, 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 no. You take authority. Because God has given you everything that he needs to give you. He's given you everything that you need to have. Everything that you and I need to have to live a life of authority and dominion on this earth. The Lord Jesus Christ already died. He paid the price to give that to us. Let's go together to Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26. Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image. After our likeness, and let them have dominion, that's that word right there, over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing 
that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Verse 28, and God said, hallelujah. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Look at that in verse 28. And God blessed them. He empowered them. And God said unto them, be fruitful. He gave them an assignment. Be fruitful. Be, mul- be multiplied or multiply. Replenish the earth. Subdue it. Well, What was man at the beginning going to need to fulfill this assignment that God was giving to him at the very beginning of his creation? The Bible says, and God blessed them or he empowered them. And God said, be fruitful. Reproduce. Be fruitful. Reproduce. Fill the earth. Multiply, he said, replenish the earth and subdue it. Subdue it, multiply, replenish the earth, be fruitful and subdue it. Subdue the earth, subdue everything in the earth. And then he gave him dominion, which the amplified version, we're going to read that in just a minute, describes as Complete authority. He gave him dominion or complete authority over the three major realms of human existence. Be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish the earth and subdue it. And then he gave him what he was going to need. To be fruitful, he needed something. To multiply, he needed something. To replenish the earth, he needed something. And then to subdue it, he needed that same thing. It's the same thing that that man was going to need, was going to require to be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish the earth, and to subdue. Exactly the same grace he needed. It was one grace and one grace only he needed. To be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish the earth, and to take authority and to subdue it, to have it under control. There's only one grace you and I require to be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish the earth, and to subdue. Only one grace, one grace and one grace only. What's that one grace? That the Lord gave to man to do all of that? It's called dominion. Dominion. Or spiritual authority. Dominion. 
spiritual authority. Well, if God gave to man dominion in order to be able to fulfill the purpose and the essence of his creation from the beginning, what was man's responsibility to take that dominion and to use it? To take that dominion and to use it. You know, I mean, it would, it would be really unfortunate that the Lord gave man the one thing he needed to subdue the earth, to be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish the earth, to subdue it. The Lord gave man the one thing he needed, and then man went away from the presence of God, acting as though he did not have that one thing. That would be really pathetic. <laughs> that would be really pathetic. Can you imagine? Sending someone to the grocery store, I need you to buy me this and buy me this and buy me this and buy me that. And they're going to do your grocery shopping for you. There's one thing they need. Once they're able to get to that grocery store, to be able to do all of that shopping. Only one thing. They need the money or the means of exchange to pay for the things that they're going to be purchasing. And then you take that money and you give it to them. And then they walk away from your presence and wonder, how am I going to pay for the things that I've been asked to purchase? How am I, how am I going to pay for the milk? How am I going to pay for the eggs? How am I paying for the bread? How am I paying for cereal? How am I? You know, that would be pathetic for that person to not realize what they need to pay the exchange that they need, the medium they need for the exchange has already been given to them. It's right there in their wallet. You gave it to them. And they can't go to the grocery store and be crying and pick up all this stuff and say, oh, I, I just don't know how I'm going to pay for it. I, I don't know what I'm going to do now. I don't know how I'm going to buy groceries for the family. That's pathetic. Because you gave them everything they needed to be able to carry out that assignment. To be able to fulfill that mission. God gave man the one thing man needed. To be fruitful. To multiply. To replenish the earth. To subdue it. In other words, to pursue your God-given assignment and to fulfill it, you need one primary grace. The first grace you require is the one God gave you, dominion. Let's read that scripture right there from the Amplified Version of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26, it says, And God said, Let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image after our likeness. And let them have complete authority. Complete authority. So if you have complete authority, that means there's no authority left anywhere. That means you are not lacking for any authority. You have complete authority. It says, let them have complete authority 
over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the tame beasts, and over all of the earth, and over everything that creeps upon the earth. Those are the three realms of human existence. Look at that. The fish of the sea, water. The birds of the air, the air, the heavens. And over everything that creeps upon the earth, the earth, the natural earth, where we live. All of those, the Lord gave us dominion. So you can describe all of those as our domain. And you will be accurate, you'll be right to say we have jurisdiction in all of those realms of human existence. He gave us complete authority. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it using all its vast resources in the service of God and man and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the waters, the birds of the air, the air, the heavens, and over the living, over every living creature that moves upon the earth, the natural, the land, the land, the land. And then, of course, God went on to give man seed to be able to produce, to be able to be fruitful like he had assigned him. But the very first thing he gave to man was dominion. The first grace that God gave man in the Garden of Eden was dominion, spiritual authority. You have that spiritual authority. One of the greatest realizations you can have in your life is that you have been given spiritual authority. You have. Everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you. And Jesus exercised spiritual authority across those three realms of human existence. He exercised spiritual authority in the waters. He exercised spiritual authority in the air. He exercised spiritual authority over the land, over the creeping things upon the land, upon the earth. And everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you. Even though this was at the beginning and man lost that dominion temporarily, Jesus came to restore that dominion. That's as a whole essence of Jesus' coming. So man has been restored back to his original estate. You and I have been restored back. We are back to the beginning. We are back to Eden. We are back to Eden. We have dominion. We have spiritual authority. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's read Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. Very popular piece of scripture. Matthew chapter 18. Let's read from verse 18 to verse 20. Let's read them both. Uh, let, let's read those scriptures right out of uh, the King James first and then out of the Amplified as well. 18, 18 to 20. This is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking. The words, the letters are in red. Verily I say, verily I say unto you, 
whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. What does it mean to bind something on this earth? Whether in the waters, in the air, or on the land. What does it mean to bind something? It's, it means to take dominion. To exercise dominion and to take authority. That's what that is. To exercise the dominion that we have been given and to take authority. Look at it. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth is loosed in heaven. You have dominion. You have authority. And, and we ought to start acting like that. We ought to start acting like we know that's true. We ought to start doing it. Jesus wouldn't say if you bind, if we're not supposed to bind. He wouldn't say if you lose, if we're not expected to lose. He wouldn't say whatsoever you bind on earth, if we were not supposed to bind some things. He wouldn't say whatsoever you lose on earth, if you were not supposed to lose some things. If peace is available to us by our covenant with God and there is some confusion around us because of the enemy's work, because of Satan's work. And Jesus says, if you bind that confusion and you bind those, those spiritual forces that are responsible for that confusion, then they will be bound. And if you will lose the peace of God that is available to you by your covenant with God, peace will be given unto you. You can't be crying then to God and say, oh, Lord, I wish, oh, please, Lord, just give us peace. Lord, this confusion is too much. There's just so much, too much going, too much havoc being wreaked, too much confusion, too much chaos. No. He says, whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And when you lose something in, on earth, it will be loose for you in heaven. That's exercising dominion and taking authority. And then he said in verse 9, Again I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Talking about the prayer and the power of the prayer of agreement. That's a totally different thing right here. But it's, it's just as powerful because they are connected. The Lord is giving us these musts. He's, he's giving us these um, guarantees. If you bind on earth, it will be bound in heaven. If you lose on earth, it will be losing in heaven. If two of you, any two of you, will come together in the Lord's name and agree concerning anything, it will be given to you by his heavenly Father. And then the last one he says, and, and then I, he says, For where two or three of you are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So when two or three of you are gathered together, any two or any three are gathered together, God will be, I am. In your midst. I am that I am will be present. I am that I am will be present. You and I are gathered tonight together. In the spirit. We're gathered. Though we're virtual. But in the spirit. We are in person. We're gathered together. So he is I am in our midst. Whatever you and I agree together tonight. Under the 
umbrella, the covering of that agreement and that covenant that we share with our Father. And that presence that he shares with us, he guarantees it will be done. But because we're talking about taking authority, he also said to us, whatsoever we bind right here, right now, on this earth, it will be bound in heaven. And whatsoever we lose right here, right now, it will be loose in heaven for us. Hallelujah. Let's read this out of the Amplified. Um, Matthew chapter 18, verse 18 from the Amplified. It says, truly I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper, and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven and whatever you permit and declare proper and unlawful on earth must be what is already permitted in heaven. So when you declare something is permitted, it is already declared permitted in heaven. When you declare something is forbidden on this earth, it is already declared forbidden in heaven. That means there is a straight, direct line of communication and direct line of manifestation and power between us and heaven because of the dominion that we have been given. If you say this is not allowed, heaven says it's not allowed. If you say this has to stop and it has to stop now, Heaven says, okay, this has to stop, and it has to stop now. Heaven is basically waiting on you. What do you say? What are you saying about it? What do you say about this situation? Whatever you say, heaven says, that's it. That's what we're going to do. That's called dominion. That's called taking authority. Very important. We must not be gentle with the devil. The devil is the god of this world. He's the one causing all this havoc. He's the one wreaking havoc all over the world. And he tries to do all of that in our family too, in our families, in our homes, in our, on our jobs, in areas where we have spiritual jurisdiction. He tries to come to stir up a mess, create a mess. And it is very important that we are firm with him. I remember a story um, the late man of God, um, Smith Wigglesworth, used to tell. You know, Smith Wigglesworth was a great man of faith that lived in England. I think it was in Bradford, in England. And um, he was, um, he, one day he was on the bus, he was riding on the bus somewhere, and he saw an old lady come out, come out of her home, and her puppy, that old lady's puppy, followed her to the bus stop. Actually, he was, I think he was standing at the bus stop already, yes. He was standing at the bus stop already. And the old lady's puppy followed her, and, and she kept saying to, to the puppy, you've got to go back, you've got to go back, it's good. But the, the puppy just kept wagging her tail, just her wagging, not taking her seriously. And, and she, she kept saying, no, you've got to go because the bus is about to get here, and, and, and I'm going to get on the bus. I, you can't be out here, you've got to go. And she just, the puppy just kept wagging her, her tail. Just kept wagging at her tail and, 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 and playing with her like she was playing. And suddenly the boss showed up. And, and of course, Smith Wigglesworth was watching this drama. The, the boss showed up and, and, and the old lady said, 
come on, get. And he, she, she called the name of the, the, the dog, the puppy. said, come on, get. And, and, and he, she ran and, and ran back into the house. And, and, and Smith Wigglesworth ex exclaimed, he said, whoa, that's exactly how you've got to deal with the devil. And that's so right. That's exactly how you've got to deal with the devil. Because sometimes when you speak to him, he, he thinks you're playing. And sometimes he'll, he'll kind of be fooling around and, you know, he doesn't want to, you know, you, you know sometimes you, you say, this has to stop now. And, and, and the thing sometimes even gets worse because the devil thinks you're, you're just fooling, you're just playing. And unfortunately, a lot of believers don't recognize that they have spiritual authority and, and they just let him get away with it. We must not let Satan get away with anything. We must take our stand and insist. Take authority and insist. That's it. Stop. Or get out. Or like Jesus said, I bind you. And on the other hand, I lose. I lose favor. I lose peace. I, I, I lose agreement in this home. I, I, I lose the grace of wisdom in this business. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When Jesus rose from the dead, the first grace he gave to the disciples was authority. Just as in the beginning, when God created man, the first grace he gave to man was dominion, spiritual authority, complete authority. When Jesus rose from the dead, the first grace he gave to man, to his disciples, was dominion. Dominion was the very first grace that Jesus gave. Let's read a couple of scriptures. Matthew chapter 28 and verses 18 to 20. Let's read this out of the Amplified. Matthew chapter 28, verses, um, Matthew 28, verse, verses 18 to 20. Let's read this out of the Amplified as we move on real quickly here. Jesus approached and breaking the silence, he said unto them, All authority, all power of rule in heaven and on earth, has been given to me. Go then and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you all the days, perpetually, uniformly, and on every occasion, to the very close and consummation of the age. Amen. So be it. Why was he telling them that? All authority has been given unto me. And then telling them to go because he's giving them that same authority. Everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you. Hallelujah. All authority, all power of rule, he said, has been given to me. So you take that power of rule and go. You're going to see that in another one of those scriptures we're going to read later on. When the Lord sends you on any assignment or mission... The first grace he gives you, the first grace we must learn to engage with is the grace of authority. All authority and power has been given to me, so go. And the Bible says he walked with them and he was with them unto the end of, unto the, end of the age. Let's read Matthew, Mark, Mark chapter 16 from verse 15 to 20. 
When Jesus rose from the dead, the first grace he gave to the disciples was the grace of spiritual authority. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. Let's read this from the King James. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these things shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. How come the Lord is saying all of this authoritatively? They will, they will, they will, they shall, they shall, they shall, they shall. Why? Because he was giving to them his authority. He says there in verse 19, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven, and he sat on the right hand of God, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord walking with them and confirming the word with signs following. He gave them his authority. He gave them his authority. Look at it. He says, in my name, that's his authority. In my name, they will cast out devils or demons, demonic spirits, evil spiritual forces that are responsible for things on the earth. Do you know you can take authority over demonic spirits? There are demonic spirits that are seeking to, to, to um, uh, torment precious, vulnerable ones that God has put in our lives. We can't just sit there and let those people suffer. Sometimes we've, got to, we've just got to get up and take authority over those evil forces that Satan is trying to use to destroy and disrupt the lives of those people. I remember the story of one, um, one lady several years ago who shared with us how, how, you, how, how her husband used, used to suffer this tormenting, Attacks of the enemy, and, and she, she, you know, he and he was so vicious. And she talked about how she, when he, when he goes to work, she would go and anoint his pillow and take authority over the demonic spirits that were tormenting him. And when he came back home, he would be subdued. And as long as she stood her ground and took authority and walked in the spirit herself, those demonic spirits were kept at bay. He says, in my name, they will cast out devils. In my name, they will speak with new tongues. In my name, they will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. In my name, they will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. In my name, in my authority. In my authority. With my authority. What are we learning about tonight? First things first, take authority. You have jurisdiction. You have jurisdiction. You have spiritual jurisdiction. Your home, your family, your, your job, your, the things that concern you. Don't let Satan just keep fooling around and ruining the blessings of God around your life. Letting him run unfiltered, unbridled. No, tell him, stop. Take authority. Hallelujah. Whenever the Lord sends you on an assignment or mission, the first grace you must learn 
to engage is spiritual authority, the grace of spiritual authority. We just saw that the Lord gave the disciples spiritual authority. Remember when the Lord said, the Lord Jesus Christ said to the disciples, let's go on to the other side. Hallelujah. It's a very interesting read in the, in the amplified version of the Bible. In Mark chapter 4 from verse 35 to 41. Mark chapter, 5, Mark chapter 4 from verse 35 to 41. On that same day, when evening had come, he said unto the disciples, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. And leaving the throng, the crowd, they took him with them, just as he was in the boat in which he was sitting, and other boats were with him. Verse 37. And a furious storm of wind, of hurricane proportions, arose, and the waves kept beating into the boat, so that it was already becoming filled. But he himself was in the stern of the boat, asleep on the leather cushion. And they awoke him and said to him, Master, do you not care that we are perishing? And he arose in verse, verse, uh, verse 39. He arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush now. Or like the King James says, he arose and spoke and said, Peace be still. Peace be still. Hush now. Be still, muzzled, and the wind ceased, sank to rest, as if exhausted by its beating. And there was immediately a great calm, a perfect peacefulness. A perfect peacefulness. Jesus spoke to the wind. He spoke to the storm that was seeking to destroy the disciples. When he said, let's go on to the other side. He didn't say, let's go and die. He didn't say, let's go and be destroyed. He didn't say, let's go and lose our vision. He didn't say, let's go and be submerged in the sea. He said, let's go on to the other side. And when the Lord told you in 2024, let's go on to the other side. Let's go on to a new horizon, he said, in 2023. Let's go on to the... He didn't say, let's go and be destroyed. He didn't say, let's go and lose everything. He didn't say, let's, let's go and let's see what the devil, let's see how much power the devil might exert in trying to stop us. No, 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 no. He said, let's go on to the other side. That's already authority given right there. And then when Satan, through the storm, tried to disrupt that plan, he simply got up and said, come on, peace be still. Hush. Stop. Peace be still. Whenever the Lord sends you on a great assignment, when you start in a new beginning, at the beginning of any, every new season, when you are going with the Lord in a direction to fulfill a purpose, to fulfill a vision, one of the greatest graces we must learn to engage with is the grace of spiritual authority. We must learn constantly to engage spiritual authority. Take authority. Declare in the name of Jesus the way has been made. We're going. We're going on to the other side. We're going on to the other side. We're not dying. We're not perishing. No, we are going over to the other side. We're going to fulfill this mission. We're going to achieve this goal. And then you see all of the different storms that Satan is trying to create. You know, every storm is not a natural storm of wind or hurricane. There are a lot of storms. Sometimes they're just storms of evil news, bad news. Sometimes they're just storms of disappointing news, disappointing outcomes. 
Sometimes they're just storms of failure, storms of, of, of embarrassment, all sorts of storms. You've got to get up and say, stop. Stop. Peace be still. Peace be still. Sometimes there are even storms of sickness. Storms of lack and insufficiency. Storms of poverty. Storms of... of, 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 of uh, whatever the storm, just get up and speak to it. And say, peace in the name of Jesus. And stand your ground. Because like that puppy, he's going he's gonna to keep trying. Storms of accidents and storms of mishaps. You've got to stop them. Say, stop in the name of Jesus. Storms, everything is breaking down all at the same time. The washer stopped working. The shower broke. The, 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 the kitchen sink is leaking. Stop in the name of Jesus. All to distract you. And sometimes to stop you. Stop. And sometimes there are human beings that are being used because, you know, principalities walk through personalities. And we've just got to learn to say, stop in the name of Jesus. And he has to obey us. In Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, Jesus sent the disciples out on a mission, on a very important assignment. In Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. And what did he give them? Authority and dominion. You guessed it. In fact, he didn't give them money. In fact, he told them, don't, don't, don't take money. Let me say this to you clearly. There are times when money will not suffice. There are times when human connections will not do. There are times when things you have learned over the years and all the knowledge you have gathered may not be sufficient to deal with the problem. Sometimes you just need to stand and take authority and say, enough, enough. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know a whole lot, just like all of us when we gave our lives to Christ. I think I was maybe just about a year old in the faith in 1982. 1982. I just gave my life to Christ. Just a little while before then. But, you know, every time in Bible study, I was always in Bible study, they'll teach us, you know, these were some of the stories that they taught us, you know, how uh, the, the storm, Jesus spoke to the storm, and the storm ceased, and I thought, wow. And I'll never forget, I was in this, this interesting geographical location uh, uh, somewhere in Nigeria, and there was this whirlwind, and we had had reports before of this whirlwind um, carrying little students, little boys, and little girls and sometimes hurting them, and sometimes, and it will carry sometimes properties and structures, and, and, and sometimes damage things, and sometimes and, and hurt people because of the so much uh, commotion that, that is created by, by the activity of the whirlwind. And this particular evening, I was just really new, newly recently saved. 
and wrapped in silk. So this is not this is not something for you know this is not something for just people who have been people who are pastors and people who are prophets and people. No, this is not something for people who have been saved for twenty years, for thirty years, for hundred years. No, this is for every believer. Every believer. And I remember this whirlwind started, and we were all running. All the, it was it was on a on the campus of a boarding school, in a secondary school, in a high school. We we're all young students, and and I, I just not too long before then giving my life to Christ, been listening to some of this, hearing some of these things, and learning and learning, and everything was so new to me, and I was growing in my faith. And 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 this definitely was not an experiment. This was something that threatened my life. And, and as that whirlwind started and everybody was running, I realized I, I didn't have enough time to get to the next structure. Everybody was running to get to the store, the school store. And this thing started, we have a name for it, started just spinning and carrying everything in its path. And suddenly I remember that story of the Lord Jesus Christ rebuking the wind. And I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, Peace be still, just like that, just like that. And that thing just stopped suddenly. It wasn't even like a gradual thing. It wasn't like something that slowly, slowly, no, no. The moment I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, stop. That wind, that whole thing carrying, was swirling and, and staring, carrying all these different straws, suddenly just collapsed, like the Amplified Bible said in that scripture that we read. It just fell down. It just fell down. It collapsed. The power of that wind collapsed because of the authority in the name of Jesus. I was certainly not a minister. I hadn't gone to Bible college. I didn't know much. But I knew this little, and I put it to work. And God honored his word. Authority was produced. I'm trying to say to you, when you are bold enough, and you believe the word of God, and you take the authority that you have been given in Christ, authority will perform miracles. Authority will do its work in your life. Satan will have to stop. He will fall like lightning from heaven. That's what Jesus said. I saw him falling. Let's read Luke chapter 9, verse 1. And two, he sent out these disciples, Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Hallelujah. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. In the Amplified, it says, Jesus called together the 12 apostles and gave them power and authority over all demons. Gave them power and authority over all demons. And to cure diseases. Gave them power and authority, power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And when they came back in Luke chapter 10, from verse 17, let's just read that from the Amplified Version. Luke chapter 10 from verse 17, when they came back from their mission, from their assignment, the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said to them, I saw Satan falling like a lightning flash from heaven. I saw him falling. Why? Because you took authority. Then he said in verse 19, Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and the scorpions, 
and, and physical and mental strength and ability and over all the power of the enemy, over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall in any way harm you. Nothing shall in any way harm you. I've given you authority over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing, nothing shall in any way harm you. Nothing, nothing. Nothing. I've given you authority. I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Satan doesn't want you to hear this tonight, but I'm telling you, God has given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall in any way harm you. Nothing shall in any way harm you. Glory, glory, glory be to God. I don't care how vicious the attack seems. I don't care how difficult, how bad the problem appears. I don't care what it looks like. God said, I have given you authority over every power of the enemy. And nothing, nothing shall in any way harm you. Glory be to God. Always remember, you have spiritual jurisdiction in your domain. In your family, in your ministry, in your finances, on your job, in your business, in your home. Don't wait for God to do what he has authorized you to do. Take authority. I remember the late Kenneth E. Hagen used to say the Lord. He said one time he had an encounter, a vision, an encounter with the Lord, a spiritual supernatural encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord told him that if he did not exercise his God-given authority, God himself would be limited in his life. I know from, from Kenneth E. Hagin's own um, um, report, that surprised him. But that's what Jesus told him. If you don't exercise your God-given authority, even God is limited in your situation. Because why would God exercise authority that he has already given to you? You are responsible. You have authority. You have dominion. So exercise it. Take authority. Glory be to God. You have spiritual jurisdiction in your domain. Don't allow Satan to rule in your garden. I like that um, line in our confession. I think it's the fourth paragraph. The king's shout is within me. The lion's roar is rolling out of me. I raise the roof with my praise. I cry out and shout for joy. The greatest one lives here. I am feeding and reigning at a higher level. I have spiritual jurisdiction here. I take authority over this. Peace be still in Jesus' mighty name. Peace be still in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Now remember, although we have, although you have authority as believers, although we have authority over Satan. We don't have authority over people's will. So you can't command spiritually that somebody does something they don't want to do. We have authority over Satan, but we don't have authority over people's will. However, it is also important to remember that within your area, your realm of spiritual jurisdiction, you have authority. You have authority. Don't allow Satan to run unbridled and unfettered in your home or other areas where God has given you jurisdiction. Stop him. Rebuke him. 
Tell him, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> Hallelujah. You remember what, what, how Jesus, let's read that real quick. I'm going to bring this to a close in just a minute. Uh, I know, I know um, during our recent ELO service, um, um, I, was, I, was, I alluded to a law, um, the law of double reference. And this is one of the scriptures, one of the circumstances in scripture where that law actually um, um, was, uh, was clearly seen. The law of double reference where sometimes the Lord is addressing it's really two individuals. One of them can be seen. The other is not visible to the natural eyes. But he's addressing both of them. And he's, he's mandating and instructing that something, either it's a judgment or it's a, uh, um, an, an instruction to change something or to change an outcome regarding these two beings. But there's only one of the two beings that are being seen. That's visible to the natural eyes. But there's actually a greater being or a bigger being that he's addressing that is responsible for the real situation that was at hand. And it's called the law of double reference. A lot in, in the scriptures. There are different times that you see that right through scriptures. And it happened right here, right here in Matthew chapter 16 from verse 21. This was right after Peter had just, the Lord said, who do people say? And Peter said, they say you are the Christ. Oh, you are. No, no, they were the, some of them say you are Elijah. Jesus, Jesus said, who, but who do you say that I am? Amongst all the disciples, Peter said, Lord, you, you are the Christ. And Jesus said, well, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father who is in heaven. It was a very, very awesome, awesome experience. But shortly after that, Peter yielded to, to Satan. He yielded his vessel. In, with one breath, he had just received revelation from God. Maybe that got to his head. Maybe that made him feel, wow, yeah, I'm all there. I'm all, I'm all that. I'm right there, right there with Jesus now. Maybe. And he yielded his vessel. Just a moment ago, Jesus said, wow, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you but my father. And then the next minute, Jesus is talking about, I'm going to go to the cross talking about his assignment, and, and Peter actually has the audacity to, to rebuke him. Look at this. In Matthew chapter 16, let's read this from verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Verse 22, then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Can you believe that? Peter took the Lord Jesus Christ and began to rebuke him. And Jesus is talking about this serious assignment. What's going to happen for the redemption of humanity? And here is Peter, who just a minute ago, the Lord said, Wow, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father who is in heaven. You really got it. And, and you are a rock. And on this big rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevent. Just a moment ago, Jesus was saying this. In the next moment, Satan jumped on Peter and Peter yielded his vessel. Verse 22, Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto you. Really? Verse 23, 
But Jesus turned unto Peter. This is the law of double reference. Look at this. Jesus turned unto Peter and said, Get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense unto me, for you do not savor the things that are of God, but the things that are of men. You don't esteem the things. This is the guy that Jesus just told, flesh and blood did not reveal. And one minute ago, one minute ago, and the next minute, the Lord said, you don't even esteem the things that are important to God. You only esteem things that are important to men. Get thee behind me. He said, get thee behind me, Satan, pointing to Peter. But you know he wasn't calling Peter Satan. He was rebuking the devil, but he was also speaking to, to Peter and rebuking him. And telling him to straighten up. <laughs> Get thee behind me, Satan, for you are an offense unto me, for you do not savor the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. And Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That he said for the benefit of Peter. The get thee behind me, Satan, he said for the benefit of Satan. To rebuke him and put him in his place. He knew this is my area of jurisdiction. I have spiritual jurisdiction here. And he knew, you know, principalities work through personalities. Sometimes Satan works through people. He works through situations, he works through circumstances, but sometimes he works through people. Sometimes when people slack off in the spirit, sometimes when people lose touch with the center of what God is doing, the core of what the Holy Spirit is doing, Satan jumps on them and he can use them. And some of them could have been very spiritual just a few moments before. Because principalities can work through personalities. But you can go into your home. Sometimes Satan can try to <laughs> walk through circumstances. Sometimes he can walk through personalities in your family. And if you have spiritual jurisdiction there, you need to be able to say, stop it. That's it. Stop it. We're not doing that. We're going to do the will of God. We're going where God said to go. We're going to pursue God's assignment. We're not yielding to the flesh. We're not going to do our thing. No, we're going to follow God. We're going to be led by the Holy Spirit. We're going to fulfill the purpose and the counsel of God. Stop it. Stop. Stop that. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let's close. You have spiritual jurisdiction. You have dominion. Exercise it. You have been given authority. Take authority and use it. Don't be afraid when we're bold to take the authority that we have been given. Authority. Spiritual authority will be backed up by the authority of heaven. Father, we thank you so much tonight. Lord, we bless and we magnify your holy name. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this service. Thank you for blessing your people. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. 
Thank you, saints, for being with us tonight. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you again, same time, next week. Have a good night.